This podcast is part of Podcast One Sportsnet. Wow, Friday pod just finished. This one, good bit of batting, but man, double, triple, and quadruple likes. This is the one if you want to take off the rubber band yourself. The picks are here coming up for free, obviously. First, a new member of the family here, Yahoo Fantasy. Yahoo's Daily Fantasy is going big this year, and it's the perfect time to start playing their Daily Fantasy. Now, if you've never played Daily Fantasy before, Yahoo has you covered. Unlike a lot of the other fantasy sites that let users enter 150 different lineups in their biggest contest, Yahoo has a 10-entry max. So just in general, this is a recreational experience. Now, there's a special promo code. You go to Yahoo Daily Fantasy. So it's yahoo.com backslash daily fantasy, or you download the Yahoo Fantasy app, you get $25 in free play and just use pod 25, P-O-D 25. All right. Now, what's the other advantages? They have a daily no management fee contest, more than one of them. No management fee? Well, you know what that means, more money for the prizes. Also, they have this matching program where if you're looking for a head-to-head, you're looking for something quick, it finds somebody at your level. And once again, we know that guys like Fezzik, whatever they do, it's predatory. They're looking to exploit and I think Daily Fantasy in general has been like that. Yahoo's trying very hard to fight against that. So if you're looking to get, dip your toe, this is probably a great opportunity. Once again, yahoo.com slash Daily Fantasy, promo code PAW25. And finally, before we get started, a million dollars. Yes, a million dollar bracket contest from BetDSI. DSI's made a big commitment to us, and now they're offering a million dollars in their bracket contest. Obviously, you can't win a bracket contest if the tournament started before you use it. So it's act now kind of deal. Now, here's the promo code. RJ Madness. That's all one word. Letter R. Letter J. Madness. M-A-D-N-E-S-S. All one word. You use that. Sign up with it. And you get one free million dollar contest entry. Also, same promo code. New members get a hundred percent bonus using that RJ Madness promo code. So it's betdsi.com. Promo code RJ Madness. And the thing to act on now. And oh, by the way, you don't have to deposit for the million. All you've got to do is sign up. Betdsi.com. You sign up. Use RJ Madness as your promo code. And the very act of doing that, that's it, gets you one free million-dollar contest entry. Huh. Why wouldn't you do it? On to the show. Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. That's right. NCAA Tournament Part 2. What does that mean? Friday's games with my jam-packed Wise 
guy round table. To my left, all the college knowledge. Brad Powers. To my right, standing eight count. And you may say, wow, if you listen to Thursday, if you haven't yet, get to it right after this one. Fez, bloodied, beaten, bowed. What's going to happen? We'll talk about it. And Ken Thompson, the depth of knowledge. It's hard to beat. And we've got some sound from Dave Esler. And we've got some sound from A.J. Hoffman. First, though, Fez, I'd have to say it was your weakest day. Like if someone, if in hindsight, you know, there's a movie that River Phoenix was in. Now, River Phoenix's name is starting to be like, who's River Phoenix? But there was a time River Phoenix was the best young actor of his generation, Joaquin Phoenix's older brother. And he was in a great, you remember River Phoenix? River Phoenix. Yep. He was in a stand by me. Oh yeah. yeah, That was a very young. uh, He was in a great movie about Vietnam um, protesters and they, he couldn't go to school. They would always have to move because they tried to, the family blew up a plant and someone got hurt. Um, I forget the name of that one. That was so good though. Uh, But just River Phoenix was a, a genius. And unfortunately he died in the Viper room, you know, in LA and um, he did a, his last movie was a movie uh, uh, about Nashville, about uh, country music. And they say now in hindsight that he was, heroin was his drug of choice. And they say that if you watch the scenes, you can see that he was just smacked out. Mm. I think if they end up saying like Fez ended up having a, a, like an aneurysm or, and again, we're obviously not hoping for that. Right, Brad? No, not at all. Yeah. Is they would say or like the heroin the, for Fez. I can't yeah, see. Or Fez. heroin. If they would have said like the first sign was the way he was beat up in that Thursday pod, I think they'd have a valid case. Do you want to speak to America? I appreciate that, RJ. So it's kind of like um, having a chemistry exam where you've been studying like chapters one through eight, you know, following the big conferences. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, we're going to have an exam on chapters one through 20 with Brad Powers and Ken Thompson. And they've been studying all 20 chapters. That's how it felt. So you just felt overmatched. Yeah, I don't have the depth of knowledge, obviously, in the college basketball. And these guys are incredible. So if I can just hang any way I can, I'm happy. Now, you shared with us, and we appreciate the candor. Women weaken lay. <laughs> that your um, mother, I mean, I'm sorry, your wife <laughs> gave, <laughs> slip. gave a moratorium, said, you cannot, whatever you do, Fez, you want to go to strip clubs? Are you allowed going to strip clubs? I don't know. You don't know. It's never come <laughs> up. So, so it's like if you go, you just don't mention it. Like, why bother? Right. Exactly. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And, <laughs> but you were told, like a, like a child, that you weren't allowed to bet with RJ anymore. Yeah. Well, no, I wasn't told that. But what my wife said is she said, you know what? It's even really good poker players have leaks. They have mistakes that they make. All right. And even though. So in this case, you're the really good poker player. Yeah. So in this and the analogy is I'm the really good poker player. And my leak is, in her opinion, is that I bet too much and too many times against you. Now, why does she think you do that? Oh, I tell her sometimes. Like your ego is you're trying to say, 
I feel like RJ superior and maybe I can prove he's not like, is it one of those things? No, she's like, you know, you're confident in your opinion. She says, you know what? And when certain books disagree with you, that's fine. She's like, you're going to bet against and she'll mention the books. And she's like, I don't, those guys don't know what they're doing. Absolutely. Make your big bets. But she's like, you know what? When you bet against RJ, she, she actually said, you're not betting against Ken and Brad. You're betting against RJ. Ooh, wow. ooh. She says, is that a good choice or a bad choice to make your biggest bet against RJ? You know, what's interesting, though, is why she's making great points. I mean, I can't, I mean, I can't uh, dispute a thing she's saying, but. The real interesting question is why? Why? It's almost like if you've got three guys and one of them is, let's say, who do you want to fight in a bare knuckles fight? Why would you fight the, the world champion? And, and she even brought up, curiously, Esler, who I was shocked she even knew who he was. She's like, you know what? And you probably shouldn't be loading up against Uncle Dave either. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did that come from? I had no idea. There's no way you can beat him. Nobody's beat him in 15 years. He's the best in the country. So, Fez, I think let's just give your wife some kudos. Now, now that you've told everyone, though, are you going to have like a reverse reaction and try to bet me more to show that you're not scared? No, you saw me tighten up the other uh, pod when you were asking for an extra half point. And what did I do? I asked you for an extra half point. You know what I love, though, is not only did we get to hear about me but Brad's eyes, I mean, they went beady. Like when, when, when it, I mean, it was like something inside him. Like there was this little, you know how they say you have little, or, not organs so much, but like glands that only in certain situations in your brain will release a certain something. Like there's this, I think there was a gland deep inside of Brad's brain that released something with just bitterness and spite and disdain that just washed over him. Is that how it felt, Brad? Yeah, I think that's speaking lightly on it. <laughs> Showtime! Woo! All right, guys, if you missed it, hmm. Thursday show was great. Now it's Friday. Central Florida, Virginia Commonwealth. Central Florida favored by one. Brad, you lean. I lean UCF here, and I think the number one factor in this game is the health status of VCU's best player, Marcus Evans. He got hurt in VCU's latest game, and it clearly showed in that game. VCU was on their way to probably not only winning the regular season title of the Atlantic 10, but going to win the tournament as well for the Atlantic 10. Marcus Evans, their best best player, gets hurt against Rhode Island. The team goes into shell shock, and as a near double-digit favorite, VCU loses outright to Rhode Island. They still get an at-large bid here. This line says he's probable, Marcus Evans. I'm hoping he's probable because I think we're getting line value. The way that injury looked over the weekend, I'm guessing he's going to be less than 100%. If I get a limpy, gimpy Marcus Evans for VCU, uh, I think the value here is with UCF minus the one. Okay, so if this fellow were 100%, what would the line be? I think it'd be probably pick him. That's what my power ratings say. Okay, so you, and how much do you think he's worth? Boy, I'll tell you, I thought he was worth two and a half or three points, you know, maybe closer to two than, than, than three. But after what I saw VCU look like with him out of the lineup, he might be worth at least three, if not three and a half points. So if that's the case, why not like UCF? <sighs> I don't it's these two teams are very contrasting styles here. Uh, and the, the Temple's really going to dictate it here. UCF really likes to slow it down. And you see, I think VCU is a bad matchup specifically for uh, UCF because 
you know, Taco Fall is UCF's seven foot six center. The thing is, I don't know how much he can be on the floor when you got VCU pressing this team all the time. How, you know, dependable is he going to be? I think VCU style of play can take UCF right out of their game plan. That's Brad Powers. That's my Coke Zero. I'm not messing around. Ken Thompson, what do you think? Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think UCF, they have a couple guys that are veterans. B.J. Taylor's an outstanding shooter, and Aubrey Dawkins even a better shooter. And I think these two guys can control tempo to slow things down and let the big fella, seven foot six, Taco Fall, get up and down the court. And, you know, without Evans being 100%, even if he goes, I don't think VCU is going to be able to push the envelope the way that they have throughout the season. So you're going to take them maybe a step back because you're talking a knee injury. So all of a sudden, you know, VCU is going to be careful with Evans at at best, if he does play, they've got Jenkins, they've got Van, they've got some good players, but these guys don't shoot it real well collectively. They're scrappy, they force turnovers, but UCF, they're a senior-laden team, and there's no doubt B.J. Taylor and Aubrey Dawkins, that one-two combo, those are the best two shooters that'll be on the court. I think UCF is a definite. I'm on UCF. I am playing UCF. This is a like for you. Yes, it is. All right, like from Ken. Faz, you lean. Yeah, I lean UCF. I think Brad's spot on with this Marcus Evans injury. He's so important. Rhode Island's no good. And VCU was up eight in the first half and Evans goes down. And let's face it, this isn't a case where you got VCU. Oh, we're in the dance. We don't need this game. We'll just rest Evans. It was likely they were going to get a bit. It was certainly not certain if they lost to Rhode Island. Well, they lost and they not just lost. They got completely outplayed, outscored by 13 points without him. I don't think he's going to be close to 100%. I lean UCF, but it's a strong lean. Okay, so everyone on UCF, Lean Fezzik, Lean Brad, like Ken Thompson. Next up, this might be my best bet. Mm. Virginia, Gardner-Webb, 23 and a half, number one seed. Oh, by the way, I got a little trend for you here. Virginia, 0-1 straight up as a number <laughs> one seed. <laughs> Brad, which way? I just lean Gardner Webb here plus the 23 and a half, which I, I, you know, not to tease ahead, but I, I'm not sure you're going to be on the Gardner Webb side, RJ. Here's what I've seen. It's just tough for me to lay 23 and a half when we have a suppressed total here. And what do I mean by that? Normal totals in college basketball are in the mid 140s. This total is right around 130. And on top of that, I'm expected to lay 23 and a half points against a Gardner Webb team that can really hit from the outside. They're one of the top 40 teams in the entire country in three-point shots. So with that in mind, this is this borderline pass for me, just a slight lean on Gardner-Webb plus 23 and a half. Ken? I'm going to go the other way. I think Virginia's going to make a statement. I think they'll win this game by 30 points plus. Look, Gardner-Webb's a good team, but they're not even the best team or close to it in their conference. Now, they found a way to get it done. They were able to knock off the top two teams in successive days on the road. But again, you're going up in class. And when you're the one and you get knocked off by the 16, you are not looking past anybody. You will not only be focused from the get-go, so I'm going to take Virginia first half. I'm also going to take them game. It's going to be a 30-point game by the time it's all said and done. Mm. Fez. Yeah, current first half line, minus 13 after minus 14. I lean to Virginia. You know what? If I was a number one seed and I got knocked off straight up the next year, I'd do something about it. And let's face it, most of these 22-point, 24-point favorites, they could win by 30 if they were properly motivated. But the spread accounts for the fact that they're going to let up and they're going to coast. I see no coasting. I see pedal to the metal. This is a critically important game for Virginia and their players fully motivated. Okay, well, Ken touched on what I am going to make my best bet. 
I'm going Virginia first half minus 13 and a half. Best bet of the tournament. My thinking being wherever that folk, I mean, let's just think about two scenarios. One is there's eight minutes left in the first half and Virginia's up by 10. And the other scenario is there's four minutes left in the game. Virginia's up by 25. At which of those two points, how would you rate last year's loss as a factor? In the first half, it's like, wow, we're still within. I mean, if it's late in the first half and they're only up a dozen, Virginia's not going to feel like they've done their job. And it's yep. going to be all over me. I'm going to get screamed at. What? This could happen again. Yep. And late in the game, if it is in that 25, 24 range with four minutes left, I mean, yeah, they probably like to win by 40 to kind of stomp it out. But I think you're get to me, the trick of sports batting is where do you have an opinion and how do you get at it in mm. the cleanest possible way? Fez, that's one of the things you are a master at. Absolutely. And 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 you're a master. So at absolutely you're no, a master. You're, you're a master at this because like the pricing on this game is wrong, RJ. It's basically the odds makers are pricing the first half like it was a normal regular season game. So that's interesting. Usually at 23 and a half, you would make the line 13 and a half. So let's talk about this because I might really take off the rubber band for this one. Make the case against it. I can't I can't really, even though I lean full game Gardner Webb. I think you hit on it. That 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 would be my concern taking Virginia for the whole game is if they're up 25-26, do you want to rest some starters? Because Virginia's even struggled in these second-round matchups in previous years. RJ, I think it's even better that Virginia didn't win the ACC tournament, that they didn't have to go to that final game and take on Duke again, I mean, or, or North Carolina, that those two battled it out. Virginia went home early. Bennett totally focused on the NCAA tournament. He's done. He knew he was getting the number one seed regardless. He only had the two losses to Duke going into the semis in the ACC he didn't care if he exited early. Yeah, you'll play tough. You'll make it look good. End of the day, as soon as they get back to Charlottesville, they're focused, they're rested, they're fired up, and they didn't care who their opponent is. They're going to blow them out. Yeah, and you might get culture shock early for Gardner-Webb. They're one of the smallest teams in the country, RJ. Their average starter, six foot three. So to me, early on, there might be, oh my God. How about goodness. Jack Salt? The yeah. guy looks like Sasquatch out there. I mean, Andre the Giant for Virginia. So they're going to look up at that guy. And then Hunter, I expect to be focused. Kyle Guy is one of the best shooters in the country off the screen. And if he's focused and, and Jerome's running the point, Virginia's the real deal. The only case against it, RJ, the total's low at 130, but the first half obviously is very low, only 60, and you're laying 13 and a half. So 60 points is the first half total lane 13 and a half. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Best bet. I'm sticking with it. I'm a believer that part of the reason the line's only 23 and a half is cause of the low total. And if you believe in Ken Palm's offensive efficiency numbers, don't be so scared to lay a bigger number with this Virginia team. This is the best offense Virginia's had in the last 18 years, as far as efficiency. And the last thing, RJ, this is the first time Gardner Webb has made the tournament. They hadn't done anything since the 1970s when they made a junior college deal. I, I think they won a junior college championship, but that's it. So they are so stoked and they had to overcome two top teams on the road. Like I said, in their conference, I believe it was Campbell and Radford back to back. Oklahoma, Mississippi, Mississippi favored by one and a half. Fezzik putting himself on the line. You've got to like. Yeah, I like Mississippi. This is all about Oklahoma being overrated. Oklahoma started 11 and one. They're in the top 20. 
Well, look at Oklahoma's non-conference schedule. These names don't sound so bad. Dayton, Notre Dame, USC, Creighton, Northwestern, Vanderbilt. Well, what do all those teams have in common? They all massively underperformed versus expectations. Look at a Vandy team that goes winless in the SEC. So Oklahoma basically got to 11-1 against a whole bunch of cupcakes. They finished the year 4-8, and eight, and that included a win versus Texas without their best player. I'm fading Oklahoma, backing Mississippi. I had a lean. Brad Powers coming strong. He smells blood in the water. Yeah, I got a. I only had a lean on Oklahoma, but I'm going to attack your handicap because, you know, I'm going to believe in Ken Palm. The strength is non conference strength of schedule for Oklahoma, number 11 in the country. And so to me, they did go out and play a lot of tough teams. And to me, Ole Miss is overrated. Why? Because they have the best ATS record of any team in college basketball this year. So, you know, Freddie Fanny Pack down there eating a corn dog on a stick on Fremont Street is going to be one. Deep, deep fried Twink. Deep fried Twinkie. Thank you, RJ, for correcting me. <laughs> He's going to want about, ooh, because, you know, all these different sports books, you know, have the, the little sheets out there and they have, ooh, 23 and nine against the spread. Give me that team. Oklahoma has the better defense. They played the tougher schedule. Yeah, I like Oklahoma. I'll, I'll tack you there, Fez. All right, $200 smackaroonies. Ken? RJ, I like both these coaches a lot. Kermit Davis, by the way, just signed a new four-year extension with Ole Miss today. Lon Kruger, I've known Lon and Barb for a long time when he was out here with UNLV, and Lon's taken four different teams to the Sweet 16 and beyond. So uh, Oklahoma, they're going to be prepared, but I'm not sold that they're going to have the defense to slow down uh, Tyree, who's an absolute stud there for Mississippi. The one thing Ole Miss does a lot better than Oklahoma, they shoot at 78.5% from the free throw line. I believe that's number one in the tournament. If this is some type of close game at the end, Mississippi has a major advantage there. But Brady Manick is the key to help out Christian James. If he does that, then Oklahoma's got a good chance to win. So it's one that I respect both coaches, and I'll stay away and let these guys battle it out. Okay, you know, it's dawned on me. We're going to have to have Ken lead off. Because it's it's fine that I'm sitting on the button every time, right? Yeah, exactly. So we're gonna let Ken lead the way here, okay? And remember, Ken, you got five likes. You've got to get oh, yeah, to yeah, for sure. And I already gave one. All right, but he gave one after everyone else gave their. Oh, opinion. I gave two. Actually, I gave Central Florida, no, and Virginia. We're just counting the one. Okay. We're, no, I guess I you gave Virginia did give first two. half and end game. Yeah, but first half, we'll give you two there. That's no, no, fine. no, no, no. I gave us a UCF, Central Florida. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Iowa, Cincinnati. Right now, Cincy, three and a half. Ken. I'm going to take Iowa. I know I'm stepping out. And I Is know this a really, lean or a lie? No, I'm taking it. I'm liking it. And, I know, I, I, and I'm, I'm liking it knowing that people will press the button. It's all about, I talked with Coach Fran McCaffrey last night, the coach of Iowa, and I've known Fran for a long, long time. He's been coming on my show forever. They have enough big bodies to slow down Jaron Cumberland. Cincinnati goes the way Cumberland goes. He's feast or famine. There's no in-between with, the, with this guy. If he plays well, Cincinnati wins. Their defense is solid. They have one other good shooter. But Iowa's got 10 guys that are thrown out there. And they've got a kid, Bohannon, that runs the point that also is a pretty darn good shooter. Down low, they've got some big bodies. They've also got Cook, who's an NBA prospect. Moss as well. I just think Iowa's going to hang in this game and have a chance to win. It's Big Ten against Double AC, and I'm not impressed with Cincinnati. They did get the win against Houston. They slowed down the Cougars, who had beaten them twice during the regular season. But I'm going to take Iowa, knowing that I'm going to get the button pressed by a couple guys. Now, here's what's interesting. 
Fazig leans Cincinnati. Brad leans Cincinnati. How much action do they want, Brad? I don't want it here. I, here's why I lean with Cincinnati. I'm going to give you two reasons why I lean with Cincy. I'm going to give you a reason why it's not a like as well. Cincinnati, I think we're buying a little bit low. Here's the Cincinnati team finished the season last 11 games. Cincy only covered two times. But in a lot of those games, Cincinnati's laying eight, nine, 10 points. It's not a team you want to lay a big number with. Cincinnati still won eight of those 11 games if we're going straight up. What I don't think is being accounted for in the marketplace is Cincinnati's playing in Columbus. Cincinnati will have the crowd edge here. I think it's worth at least a point not being factored in appropriately, in my opinion. But the reason it's not alike, the, the thing that Iowa does really well, they shoot the three. If there's one weakness on Cincinnati's defense, since he doesn't defend the three very well, they're number 217 in the country. So it's just a lean for me on Cincy. So, Fez, if you need to text the wife or anything, let us know, but it's your action. Yeah, no, it's just a lean to Cincinnati. Brad mentioned the big crowd advantage in Columbus. The reason it's just a lean, RJ, is that I'm worried that Iowa's better than their scores indicate, and here's why. So Iowa got rolled by Ohio State. Their coach was so upset by the officiating, he ran off after the refs screaming that they were effing cheating, and the Iowa coach got suspended for two games. Well, guess what happened after he got suspended? They got beat by Rutgers and got beat badly by Wisconsin. They weren't coached well. And frankly, I don't think the refs gave them very many calls in those games after their fellow cohort refs got called cheaters. So I think there's a reason, bottom line, that Iowa has three horrible games on their resume end of February and beginning of March. And that's why I don't want to go against them because I think they might be Iowa undervalued. Now, do we feel like there's going to be any aftermath of the refereeing controversy? Well, I think the aftermath would be the Big Ten refs looking to make calls against Iowa, perhaps, for the next few games. I think that's long since passed. RJ, I so, will say this. So at this point, no aftermath. No aftermath. Yeah. One other thing is that Iowa, I don't know if you follow Iowa sports real close, but this, this fan base. Oh, yes. This yes. Fan, okay, so you know. <laughs> you know this fan base travels big time. Yeah. And how far is Columbus from, you know, Iowa City? Not too far. Trust me, they will be well represented. Even though Cincinnati is in the same state, trust me, Iowa will have a ton of fans there. All I know about Iowa football is that I remember, you know, obviously. Um, Hayden Fry. I'm in a mental ball. Coach, um, Kansas State's coach. The district Bill coach. Snyder was on Bill that Snyder. staff. Yeah. Bob Stoops was. The one thing I remember was that when Snyder got hired at Kansas State, my best buddy was a punter on that team. And Stan Parrish was there the first year. Uh, and that was my buddy George's first year. And then, then came in the new coach. It was like, oh my God, he is so old. It's like he, cause he wasn't officially the offensive coordinator Snyder because Hayden Fry was the OC, but effectively Snyder was, and he was like 46 or 47. <laughs> and it was like, oh, he's ancient. It's like, well, wait a minute. That's, all. I'm not sure. But anyway, <laughs> no batting. But I like, I, I, you guys are looking to bat. That, that pleases me. We are, me. we are. That pleases me. Next game, Colgate, Tennessee, line 17 and a half. Ken. Yeah, it's a lot of points, but Tennessee's going to be focused the way they got blown out by Auburn. I'll lean Tennessee. It's a lot, again, Colgate's playing really well. They haven't lost in a long time. They dominated their conference. So it's a game I'll stay away from. But uh, I, I guess if, if push came to shove, I'd lean Colgate just because of the amount of points. Tennessee will be happy getting through, winning by 12 to 15 points, but they will be focused after not losing to Auburn. If they just lose the SEC championship, that's one thing. 
But when you get down 22 points in the final in a game that you're favored, you're probably going to be refocused. I think Barnes has them refocused, but I think it's a lot of points to give Colgate. They're a pretty good team. Brad. I like a total here. If can, can I like a total? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I like the over here. Uh, I think Tennessee's going to put the pedal to the metal here. Why? Tennessee got outright upset in last year's first round against a team Loyola Chicago that ended up making it to the final four. So I do think they're focused here, but instead of laying the big number, I'm going to go with the over. Tennessee's one of the most efficient offenses in the country. In fact, number three. And Colgate, the best thing Colgate does, shoot from the outside to three-pointers. Top 15 in the country for Colgate. That is Tennessee's one major weakness on the defensive side of the ball. Other than that, Tennessee's really good on defense. I think Colgate can exploit that. I like over the total here, over 148. Any thoughts on the total otherwise? Any concerns just that the marketplace had bombed the under on this game? Yeah, you know, a little bit, but. So what's been the what, total open? open 151 down to 148. See, that's the thing, though. It's back to the idea that if the lines, you know, do you trust? Because if we bet, if we bet on the under, if we went with the move, we'd say, how can the odds makers be that far off? Right. right. Now, if you go against the move, you're, you're on the side of the odds makers. You're saying odds makers plus three, three? or four. That's a good point. And you're also saying, Who's really betting that? And that's the thing I think that you got to try to figure out. And Fez, maybe you can give us as a quick aside here how to figure it out. Let's say a line. Let's say that we're going behind the curtain here. Let's say that we're in basketball and forget any key numbers. There might be, you know, different theories about that in basketball. Line goes from four to seven. To me, the question is, did the real professionals bet it at six and a half? Because if so, I can't take the dog at seven. But if the real pros bet at four and four and a half, and then there's steam chasers, and then the public gets involved and all that, I love fading the move. I know one of the things you've done more of in the last three NFL seasons than probably in the prior 10 combined and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is you've been betting against late Sunday moves at the wire saying that you don't understand like who's, you know, it's one thing if the line goes from four to five, but it's going to the five and a half, it's going to six. Who's betting it at five and a half? That's the question you often ask. Do you think that's the key question? Because if it's still the pros, like, hey, we think this line's so far off, you don't want to bet Lay 110, only getting a half point better than the last bet they just laid 110 on. But if the last bet a real pro made was two and a half points ago, you can be in great shape. Yeah, it's a a great discussion. I think the differentiation is if you have nothing changes in terms of the publicly available information, you got a line that was minus four. And then a day later, it's minus five. And then a day later, it's minus six. What's happening? Well, someone... Super sharp, maybe better minus four and minus four and a half. And now the followers are like getting word about this game and they're laying five and then they're laying five and a half and six. And, and when you say the followers are getting word, meaning they're getting worried they're going to, that, that it's going to get away from them. So now's the time to get down. Yeah. The non originators are like, Oh, this guy played this and he likes it. And they're not originating. They're just getting at this game at a worser number and they're pushing it even higher and higher. That's the sort of line move, this gradual, slow line move. I like to fade that. The one I don't like to fade RJ is when the line is four on a game and 
to use a college basketball game today. So if it's getting steam, 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 so it gets and, hits multiple times all at once. Yeah, and within five minutes, boom, it was seven. That's not one I want to step in front of. There's probably something, some big, big syndicate or news out on that game that I don't want to step in front of. And this has been, and, and, it's, and to me, it's a, a worse situation for sure. Absolutely. And in this, I hope people specific- are hinting, getting the sarcasm. <laughs> This specific situation, it's been a trickle. It's been a half-point move down, 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 down the last couple of days. And it wasn't that three-point move immediately. Worse was not correct, is it? No, more worse. But worst is correct. Worst is correct. Aki, look it up. Are you giving me a frown? I'm thinking. I'm, I'm not asking as I'm you. I'm not, I'm not asking you to give your opinion. I'm saying let's figure out the derivations on worst, <laughs> because I don't think it's worser. Could you imagine someone out? So how was the brisket today? Worser than yesterday? I don't think it's worse. It's but, in the dictionary. Worser. Hmm. Wow. It doesn't mean it's good. It's no. It does. They, readily, in fact, that's available. exactly what it means. Oh, really? <laughs> I'll stick to the math. <laughs> it means it's right. That's why it's in the dictionary. <laughs> you ever say worse or Ken? I haven't. And uh, I remember people telling me it was dived and not dove. And I was just like, really? I, I didn't realize that. And I looked it up and I believe that's correct. D-I-V-E-D. <laughs> I almost gave Ken the banana song. Almost. Okay. RJ. Ah, he's got a banana with him. There you go. All right, Fez, you pass. That's it on that game. Iona, North Carolina, lines 24. Kent. I lean Iona. This is a pretty good team out of the Metro Atlantic. Now, the conference is weak. It's one of the weaker years in the Metro Atlantic. But they've won their last 10 games, and their four losses before that, three of those games were within four points, one a two-point loss, one a one-point loss. So the Gales are playing good, solid ball, and they had to basically run the table in order to get in. It's a one-bid league. But they've got four guys that can put the ball in the basket. North Carolina is going to win the game. They're happy winning the game by 17, 18 points. Iona's that type of team. They're scrappy. They shoot it pretty well. I think they'll stick around. Brad. I lean the other way, North Carolina. And I usually don't like taking a big favorite here, but Iona runs exactly the same type of offense that North Carolina sees every day in practice. It's just that North Carolina has five-star recruits instead of two-star recruits and if you skip the playing games on Tuesday and Wednesday, Iona has by far the worst defense of any team in the tournament. And when I looked at Iona take out their conference games and looked and see, seen how Iona performed non-conference, zero. Zero covers for Iona in non-conference action. A team that was completely blown out by just about everyone they played non-conference-wise just fattened up on a relatively weak conference, uh, the MAC, the Metro Atlantic. Uh, I'll lean with North Carolina here, minus the big number. Fez. I'll lean to North Carolina as well. North Carolina is one of those teams I have watched many games, and when there's eight minutes to play and North Carolina is up by double digits, North Carolina just keeps running. They love to go up and down the court. That's their game. That's Iona's game. That's what's going to happen. But oftentimes what happens is that a team that's laying 24 doesn't cover like a Duke because, oh, Coach K goes ahead and tells everyone, slow it down. We're up double digits. And then the offense is inefficient. Well, North Carolina doesn't do that. So with the total here at 166, we're going to get 36 more points expected than in the Virginia game. And those extra points, well, North Carolina is going to get more of them than Iona. They should be able to pull away. 
And it's a good time because this North Carolina in the brackets was a key decision we made. So we've got a special podcast. Now, we've never done this before. It literally broke a record on day one. It's that popular. Here's what we're doing. We've got a podcast already recorded in which we had Brad Fezzik and me. And we had the brackets from A.J. Hoffman, expert. Dave Esler, been winning since Moses was in short pants. And Ken Thompson. And we went through that with my, you know, Bobby Fisher used to say, you know, moving out to King's Pond and said, it's been proven by time. Well, my bracket picking moves or or tips have been proven now over a decade. These mofos work. So we used the recipe from my decade plus research. We used all the expertise and we made, as I coined it, the dream bracket. Oh, wait, Brad coined it, the dream bracket. (laughs) And we're selling it and the podcast. So you get to hear the sausage being made and you get the bracket itself, 35 bucks. Now, that's a deal. But two other ways to save money. If you've never bought anything from pregame, just go to pregame.com, register. It's free. Go to buy picks, buy the bracket, and there's going to be a little $25 discount sitting that first time buyer. So now you're only spending 10 freaking dollars. Think about that a second. That collective IQ, you're spending $10. Or if you bought something before, which we really appreciate, we're going to give you a coupon to save 10 bucks. And that coupon is bracket 10, all one word, all caps, the one to zero at the end, bracket 10. So you throw it in your cart and you get it for just 25 bucks. The pod went 45 minutes. The bracket, Brad, I'm very happy with this bracket. That was one of the most fun podcasts I've ever had. I loved it. Yeah, it was unique and stuff that people aren't doing out there. And literally, like we said, it's a uh, record-breaking first sales day. So this is one to check out. Okay, next game: Washington, Utah State, Utah State up to three. Ken Thompson, I'm going to take Utah State. Uh, Craig Smith, a good good bud, and. Uh... I've been following this team. I've been following his coaching. He's done an outstanding job. Now, this is his first year there at Utah State. And to go into Logan and get the crowd back to a frenzied atmosphere up there in Utah to the way it was when Stu Morrow was there for so many years, that was hard to do. And for him to do it in his first year, he had four guys coming back. Merrill's the main guy. He can shoot it real well. But Miller's a pretty good shooter. They got a big guy, Keita, that's uh, a lot taller than 6'10 or whatever he's listed. He looks like he's seven foot two. I think they're going to be able to hang in there. Washington doesn't shoot it real well. Hopkins will have them focused. They got dismantled in the Pac-12 final here in Vegas against Oregon. But Oregon needed that game. Washington didn't need it. Didn't matter. They were going to be basically the only team from the Pac-12 unless ASU got in, which ASU ends up getting into a playing game. But Oregon was one of those bid stealers. I think it'll be a good, solid game for a while. But I love the energy that Utah State plays with. And you saw it here when they won their first Mountain West Conference title. This team's solid. It's a good Good, solidly coached team. And again, my respect for Craig Smith and what he's done in his first year. And I think he takes out Washington. I just don't think Washington has the shooters to beat Utah State and to match their energy. 
<laughs> you know what Ken reminded me of? Ladies and gentlemen, our guest is the most valuable player of the National Basketball Association six times. From the Los Angeles Lakers, the all-time scoring champion of the NBA, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And he's coming off a game that was second to none in his brilliant career. So you got to be proud. Oh, definitely, Chick. It, it, it was a great effort, but, uh, you know, I had a lot of help, and uh, we're just glad to be here. Hey, how about Fletch? Well, wow, what can I say about Fletch? He's been fantastic. He boxes out for us, gets the tough rebounds, does the tough things that we need to win. It's it's great working with him. I, I don't know where we'd be without him. Well, let's take a look at the play. He is actually 6'5", with the Afro 6'9". Pretty good dribbler. Comes in deep. His club is behind by one point at this stage. Fletch comes in. Puts the ball through the lights. What a great play. And he puts it up and in. And the Lakers have the lead. <laughs> Fez, you like Utah State, too. I do like Utah State. Washington, this team stakes, RJ. They're overvalued 13-3 and three in close games. I define games decided by eight points or less. So think about this. Washington, yeah, they're in the field. But they shouldn't be. If those games had just broken out closer to 50-50 like they should, Washington would be heading to the NIT and also, Utah State has a key rebounding matchup edge. Utah State, the third best rebounding team in the entire field. Washington, the worst defensive rebound rate of any team in the field. Utah State picks up some garbage points of missed shots, getting the rebounds. Utah State. All right. Double like. Wow. Brad. I'm not going to push the button, but I lean on the other side. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, Fez, part of my handicap was the rebounding, and that's what concerns me and why it's not alike. But I'm on Washington. I got to think Washington as those players feel a little disrespected. We won the Pac-12 regular season title. We, I mean, we advanced to the Pac-12 tournament championship game, and we're, get, we're the largest underdog role since December. We went through the entire Pac-12 slate, not getting three more than three points against any team, and we're playing a measly old Mountain West team and getting three points. On top of that, I think we're buying Washington low, a team that's only covered one time their last eight games. I lean with Washington with the rebounding edge. The Pac-12 stinks. The Mountain West is every bit as good on the top end. Mm, I, we'll see. Yeah, we advanced a, a Pac-12 Oregon team, Pac-12 team to the Sweet 16. So this feels like one of those fuzzies where plus two and a half. Remember now you're exploiting Brad. Why not let it be two with three? I think it's a little juiced up. Mm. What do you think about two and Forget a half? Get it. No. Oh, whoa. We'll do it three. <coughs> now, you know, you went yeah, against I'll Ken too. I'll take both. 400 bucks, baby. Woo dog. Brad powers. It's like he's going through a midlife crisis. How old are you? 35. I think you lied when you started, when you started with me, because you, I think you said you were like 29. It's only been two and a half years. Now you're 35. No, I was 33. <laughs> two years with RJL aging. <laughs> my, my wife so, just texted. She's asking, can we, can, can we bet more? Uh, uh, what? <laughs> He's laughing now with that total. He bet against us, RJ, yesterday. Let's move four points against Fez with us. We all disclosed I had an off day. <laughs> Listen, I to me, I was a vulture yesterday. <laughs> it was just nothing. But I'm going to give Brad some credit right now. And it's almost like this. He may be He's going. He's going all the way up. Buckeye is up 20 feet in the air. Maybe 25. Buckeye, 25 feet up in the air. Release. Oh. I mean, you just kept going up, right? You said, I'm not just batting 
a, a lean against one guy. I'm batting it against two, two guys. Why not? Backlund did win that match, though. <laughs> Just FYI. Next game. <laughs> the Ohio State Buckeyes, Iowa State. Iowa State favored by five and a half. Ken. Yeah, I'm going to take Iowa State. That's a play for me, Iowa State. I just, you know, team's just too good. Look, Ohio State got it together, got a win in the Big Ten tournament. Caleb Wesson, the real deal, he was suspended for, you know, several games, and the Buckeyes can't win without the big guy. There's no doubt they have a chance to win this game if Iowa State is not knocking down shots. But they've got too many options. Horton Tucker, uh, Wigington, a lot of guys that can shoot the ball. They they went through and win the uh, Big 12 championship, but I didn't put a lot of credence into that. Kansas State was banged up. Kansas is down. Texas Tech got knocked out early. So it wasn't really that difficult for Iowa State to win three games in three days. But I think this is a good, solid team. And they're reverting back to the team we saw early on. If that team is there, not only does this team win this game, they have a great opportunity to get to the Sweet 16 and beyond. They have that type of top seven players that they're good enough to beat most teams on any given day. All right, so we have a like Iowa State. Brad, you like this game too. Yeah, I like Iowa State. I, I think the one factor is not being properly priced for. Iowa State will have a significant crowd advantage here with this game being in Tulsa. Let's face it, RJ, this isn't football where the Buckeyes travel all over the country, and I can make a case that the Buckeyes, when it comes to football, the best traveling fan base. I can make a case when it comes to basketball. Iowa State's in the top five. I'm traveled just as good as teams like Kentucky, Indiana, but never gets properly priced in it. Don't believe me. Watch the Big 12 tournament from last weekend. It's in Kansas City, and at best, that crowd's 50-50 Iowa State and Kansas fans, even though it was played in Kansas City. And I would argue there was even more Iowa State fans in that crowd. Brad, there is. I mean, that they call it Hilton Coliseum, uh, you know, that like the second Hilton Coliseum. Iowa State fans buy that place out, the Sprint Center in Kansas City. They always have the most fans there than any other team. And next to Kentucky, I think they do travel better than any other team in the country. Yeah, so you'll have a, this will be like a road game for the Buckeyes. On top of that, Iowa State was thought earlier in the season, possible Final Four type of sleeper. They have some injuries. They have some chemistry issues where they had to have a team meeting. And this was just right before the Big 12 tournament. So what does Iowa State do after that uh, team meeting behind closed doors? They go out, win the Big 12 tournament. I think this is a team that's playing right now like a top 10, top 15 team, like we thought coming out of non-conference play. I like the Cyclones here, minus the points. All right, Fez, you now have an opportunity because you lean Ohio State to pull Brad Powers. Take a lean and then bet against two people, what are you going to do? Yeah, well, I leaned to Ohio State, and it's all about Wesson being suspended for the three games. So he's fine. He's not injured. And the Buckeyes were horrible without him. 0-3, lose by 35 against Purdue, 18 against Northwestern, lose by six against Wisconsin in overtime. They can't play without him. So I do think Ohio State is underrated. But, RJ, this is just a lean, and I'm not eager to bet this, and here's why. Brad and Ken talked about the venue and how important it is that there's going to Iowa State, a whole bunch of people are going to be traveling. And I want to ask you, RJ, I'm concerned that all the neutral people in Tulsa here are going to turn on your Buckeyes who are seemingly always playing Oklahoma in football. I don't think the state of Oklahoma thinks much of Ohio State. And I think that even the non-Iowa State fans who should be neutral are going to root against the Buckeyes. And that's why just a lean. You've got a good point. I mean, one of the basic human emotions is envy. (laughs) 
And I mean, if you're stuck in, where's Iowa State even at? Uh, Ames, Iowa. Ames, Iowa. If you're stuck there, I mean, you're going to look at the Buckeyes coming into town, and what are you thinking? Schottenfreud. Yep. Yep. So, but listen, use people's, you know, whatever their weaknesses, whatever it is, use it against them. You know? Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't bet on your Buckeyes. Hey, Brad, I want to ask you one question here. Mario Shayok, 20 points a game for Iowa State, transfer from Virginia. How good would the Cavaliers be depth-wise oh. if they had Shayok? I'd like my uh, bet, anti-Duke bet, that much more. Virginia would probably be the best team in the country. By the way, I was hiding it, Fez, because I was trying to bait you. Dave Essler also likes Iowa State. Friday in Tulsa, Oklahoma. A lot of people seem to like the Ohio State. I, on the other hand, do not. People penciled in Iowa State after that 12-2 and start. They beat Kansas, and they lose six of their last eight regular season games. Game after game, people slowly wrote them off. Then what do they do? beat Baylor, K-State, and Kansas rather easily to win the Big 12 tournament. Then I look at Ohio State, who beat Cincinnati on the road to open the season. And after that, I'm still looking for a really good win. Then I look at who they play in the Big 10. There's nobody that runs like Iowa State does, and that tells me Ohio State can't stop them. On the other hand, Ohio State plays fairly slow, marginal offense at best, plays good defense. That would be similar to, say, Baylor, Kansas State, maybe two teams Iowa State just beat. Then I look at last year, a much better Ohio State team struggled in the first round to beat South Dakota State, who's actually a poor man's Iowa State in the style they play. So this year, a lesser Buckeye team loses in the first round of the Cyclones. I'll lay the five and a half. One more quick thing, because Iowa State has a really short bench after they win, they may get beat up by Houston, assuming Houston gets by Georgia State. Mackie, who did the recording on that? Sleepy. Is Sleepy still here? Yep. Put him on mic. It's like Esler's on Adderall or something. That was awesome. He was like changing the intonation of his voice. Was there, was he drunk or anything? No, we've had some really good coaching uh, segments over the last couple of days. So you're Dave, taking so credit is what you're full saying. Full credit, full credit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sleepy Jay in the house. <laughs> So, Faz, you want to do a triple fade? No, that's fine. <laughs> Uncle Dave's been winning since Moses was in short don't, pants. Don't bet against Dave. Georgia, is that you or the wife? The, the both. Georgia State, Houston. Houston, 11 and a half. Ken Thompson. Yeah, a little money going Georgia State's way. Ron Hunter is a good coach, no doubt. They were a better team a few years back when his son was on the squad. But they were so what's your pick? Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, lean, even a lean. I would lean Georgia State just plus the points. Cool, cool. That's no, it. Go ahead. Yeah, and I was going to get. I was going to get to that, but uh, I'll lean there. Houston, I think, wins the game, no doubt. But they just want to get the W. Kelvin Sampson is going to push it, but they don't shoot it real well. Corey Davis, a guy that uh, is their leading scorer, but he doesn't shoot it real well. Brooks is another guy that really can fill it up, and they come off the loss against Cincinnati, which is uh, again that tough defensive oriented team. Georgia State will run a little bit more. So Houston will have some better opportunities. I think Houston wins the game. I think the number's right, RJ. That's why I just stay away. No, no, fair enough. And and to me, that is the thing is oftentimes a lean might be a half point. It might be, a you know, the smallest amount, but we do want to kind of start with that. But, but you're right. Most of the time the line's right. I mean, that's the whole point. If you're betting 
I mean, at the open, it might be different, Fez, but let's let's think about this. I mean, play-ins and all that, let's not even worry about it. Let's say 32 first-round games Thursday, Friday, right? Yep. Okay. I got that right? 64 yep. teams, 32. Okay. My gut feeling is, especially if you're betting on game day, so those lines have been shaped mm-hmm. up and shipped up, baby. I think if you're betting more than five sides, you're probably betting too much. Like five feels like a lot. Five feels like a lot to me as well. All right. But, I'm, but I think you could find five probably. Yeah. Two a day and maybe one other. <laughs> yes. That's two plus two. <laughs> yes. Yes. But <laughs> Brad, what do you think? Yeah. Five sounds about right. If you're betting on game day. So guys, listen, most of the time, and it's funny is uh, back in the day, content information sites, whatever you want to call what pregame does, it was always about trying to hype you to bet more, bet more mounts, the old school guys on the Jim Feist line or whatever. I, when I came to town in 98, I knew a lot of those guys and it was like their, you know, I've uh, just to be clear, there's some crazy rumor that went around like five years ago that somehow Jim Feist mentored me. I've never met Jim Feist. I've never worked a day in my life for anybody. So I certainly never worked for Jim Feist. But the I knew guys in those boiler rooms, you know, from the poker rooms and all that. I mean, Fez, I'm sure you've known a lot of them. Back yeah, and the Feist day. plays poker also. Yeah, I never met him. But the... Uh, just totally out of left field. But the fact <laughs> is, they were always about how can we max how much they're going to bet. Because their thinking is, can we somehow roll three, you know, flip three heads in a row... And if they can talk the guy into betting 20,000 a game instead of 10,000 a game, the one out of eight times that they flip the three heads in a row, they're going to make double the money, right? However, they're doing it. And to me, pregame has great content. It's my life's passion. And I'll be honest, uh, and, and I'm being sincere, Brad, Fez, Mackie, Sleepy, these guys live it. They do. I mean, they don't work quite as hard as me, but what I'm saying is sincerely. They, no one does. They, well, they live it, though. This matters to them. It matters to Brad. It matters to Steve. It matters to Mackie and Sleepy. And Ken, he's got his radio show. Ken isn't involved with the day-to-day as much, but I promise you his radio show and the same concept of giving good quality content matters. There's other sites, though, that give good quality content. No doubt. I'm not saying pregame or nothing. What I'm saying is, though, if someone's trying to get you to bet more games, someone's not telling you it's hard to win, someone's not saying bet less, half Kelly, whatever, that's the bad sign. If I like Duke and someone else likes North Carolina, that's chocolate vanilla. We can have those disagreements. But if someone's telling you it's easy to win, bet more, run the other way. Agree, Fez? Agree. All right. So, Fez, you pass this one, Brad. You had a, Have you given your lean on Houston yet? I have not. Yeah. I, I lean the other way. I lean Houston minus the points here. I just think Georgia State, Houston for them is a bad matchup on so many different levels. The best thing Georgia State does on offense, 
They're number 17 in the country in shooting the three-point shot. Problem is Houston, number two in the country in defending the three-point shot. So that's going to chalk out Georgia State's greatest strength on the offense side of the ball. Also on the boards, both offensively and defensively, Houston with major, major edges in that regard. I think Houston getting blown out in the championship game of their conference tournament, it's going to have them laser focused here. Give me Houston minus the points as a lean. This is RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I tell you, AJ Hoffman, who's coming to town tonight, he'll be in tonight. Ooh. He's going to be in the radio shows on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And, well, here's another good segue promotion. So, guys, first time ever. You could call it historic. In fact, I think you'd be incorrect if you didn't call it historic. (laughs) At the Hard Rock Cafe, Thursday night, 10 p.m., we are going to have a the first live podcast. Now, think about this. This is in the vinyl room. This is literally where... Let me get the list real quick. Here's a partial list of who's played in this room. Adam Carolla, Tom Green, Steve-O, Andrew Dice Clay, the Goo Goo Dolls, Courtney Love, Jenny McCarthy, and now Steve Fezzik. Seems crazy, doesn't it? Well, luckily, we're here, and I think it's going to be great. The VIP area is going to be able to ask questions. It's 10 o'clock Thursday. Tickets to Ticketmaster. Go to my Twitter, at RJ in Vegas. You see the link. I think it's going to, and and, I mean, it's an all-star lineup. Steve Cofield's involved, uh, local radio host. I mean, we're going to take questions from the audience, and here's the key. Latest breaking information on Thursday's games. Let us bet those Saturday babies as soon as they open. Why wait? Why let? Why always be taking the worst of the freaking number? Let's get that opener right. Let's get that opener. Don't miss the open. We're going to have you locked and loaded on Saturday's games by midnight on Thursday because we're starting at 10. And the latest and line moves, injuries, et cetera, on Friday's games. I'm excited. If you're going to be in Vegas, why not? It's the freaking Hard Rock, the vinyl room, 10 o'clock start. And again, we may, we may raffle off the chance to tug on Fezzik's toupee. I'm not saying we will. It's a possibility. Next up, Texas Tech, Northern Kentucky, 14 points. Ken. I'm going to lean towards Northern Kentucky. Uh, The top two teams in the horizon, Wright State and Northern Kentucky, are two teams that can play with some of the big boys from the big leagues. And if you don't believe me, we're taping right now, but Wright State's beating Clemson at Clemson. So that's a little bit of a, and they're 13 and a half point dogs in that game. Again, that's NIT. This is NCAA dance. Texas Tech's not an offense that's going to push the tempo. They're very solid defensively. Culver's their main guy. I think Texas Tech wins the game. 
somewhere between 8 and 12. This kid McDonald can flat out play. He can shoot the rock. Northern Kentucky's got some shooters else, elsewhere, and uh, I, I, I like uh, Northern Kentucky in the game. I like them plus the 14. So this is a like. It's a like. Northern Kentucky is a like. The Norse. All right. Fazic leans Texas Tech. Do you have the guts to do more than lean fast? I think so. Damn. Fez in action. Make your case. Well, first of all, how can Northern Kentucky be the Norse? They're in the Confederacy. So how are they like Vikings? That makes no sense at all. But no, in all seriousness, <laughs> I think the spot's really good for Texas Tech. <laughs> there we go. Bananas. Hey, Fez, did you know Jim Feist played poker too? <laughs> 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 Texas Tech is motivated off of a really poor game in the Big 12 tournament. They lost in the first round to West Virginia, so they've been stewing over it, and I like this. I like a quality team that had a short exit in their conference tourney, fully rested, fully focused. Contrast that with Northern Kentucky. Yeah, Northern Kentucky, nice run to go ahead and win the horizon, but it still took a buzzer beater in the semifinals for them even to get to that right state game. And frankly, whenever I see a team that wasn't the number one seed that goes ahead and gets an automatic bid like Northern Kentucky, the celebrations there, they're so happy they got into the tournament versus a Texas Tech team that's going to take care of business. Brad, you lean that way too. Are you ready to jump? I'm close. Let me give my reasoning and then I'll decide. Uh, I did come into this leaning Texas Tech. Here's why. I think Texas Tech, that shocking upset loss to West Virginia in the Big 12 tournament, that gets them refocused here. Prior to that, I mean, Texas Tech was crushing teams in the Big 12. You looked at Nor Northern Kentucky. I'm looking at similar teams that Northern Kentucky's played like a Texas Tech. Very defensive oriented, slower tempo. Northern Kentucky did play a couple teams. UCF and Cincinnati in non-conference. Northern Kentucky lost both of those games by 13. So less than this number. But the problem is Texas Tech's a much better version of Cincinnati and Central Florida. It's tough for me to take Northern Kentucky, one of the worst free throw shooting teams in, in the entire country. And again, I think Texas Tech's focused here. But now after talking through that handicap, I don't think it was that strong. Just a lean for me. All right. I like it. You know, in a way, that's where even if you're not providing your information and listen, we love people in the pregame.com forums. It's a community. We're trading expertise. It's free. Right. But just the act of writing up your games a little bit, not so much in the King's English. You don't have to say worse or if you, you know, in the given <laughs> spot where you're supposed to. RJ, huh. I will say this though, too, on the, well, on the game that Fez was talking about real quick, if you don't mind, Ken on, no, 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 is I do believe that writing things up allows you to see the flaws in your thinking. Like oftentimes, and this is in life, making decisions romantically about career moves. You get the, there's these little assumptions in your head that you, that aren't explicit. And then you put them on paper and it's like, wait a minute. I, I'm acting like I don't want to move here, but I actually like this kind of weather and I actually like this kind of whatever. Why, why do I think I don't? It helps you examine that stuff. And to me, even if it's not, like I said, all spelled out great, writing it up helps you think it through it. Talking out in this case helped you think it through. But if you do write it up, post it up in the pregame forums because a lot of people will appreciate it.
I just wanted to say, because Fez talked about Wright State, I mean, uh, Northern Kentucky being fortunate just to get to the final of their conference. That tournament is played in Michigan. Oakland, Michigan's the only team in that conference that hails from the state of Michigan. And they had a ton of fans there. And Northern Kentucky, the new kid on the block in the Horizon League, uh, coming up there. Again, not a lot of fan support there. So it was basically a home game for Oakland. But Northern Kentucky found so a way Faz, to So, Faz, he's done. using your reverse. So, what would we have, point and a half out of Oh, yeah, that? for sure. I mean, yeah. Golden, Golden Grizzlies for sure. I mean, uh, you bring that, that tournament down to Kentucky or somewhere close, then I think Northern Kentucky is going to support a lot more. But, Faz, that would cause you to eliminate the whole game if you chose. Well, Oakland's not any good, though. So, even with the extra point and a half of home court, Northern Kentucky should never have been in that position. But that's the point is these little things that you love to point to when you're rationalizing away losses are usually worth a point or a point and they a are. half. They are. All right. <laughs> Mississippi State, Liberty, Mississippi State, six and a half. Ken. Boy, I'll tell you, man, it's, uh, I like this Liberty team a lot, but uh, gosh. By the way, opened 11 yeah. and a half. I, I got a feeling Brad's got to have a, his game of the year on this one. <laughs> uh, that's the thing. If you get to He the, loves a steam. If you get to the dance too late, it's, you know, the value's out of the number. If you could have got double digits, probably a good shot to take Liberty. I've always found at the strip clubs, the later the dance, the better the dance. Well, the later, yeah, the later when you, when you get in there. Well, that change is usually about 7.45 a.m. <laughs> Okay. I'm being serious. <laughs> wow. Like at 710, the dances are better. At 815, they're not. They're no good. Just again, I'm just saying. RJ would know. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you agree, Brad? Never been in a strip club that late. What's the latest you've ever been in a strip well, club? I mean, I you mean that early. <laughs> True. So, so late it's early. Uh I mean they closed them down at four in Ohio. So I've never yeah. been to one here. <laughs> What? <laughs> no, I haven't. You've lived in Vegas two and a half years. No, I've never been. To You've one. never been to a strip club. No. Good discipline. Discipline. That's like saying discipline. Like I'm like, like why Fez has got his legs crossed. It's like, why aren't you going to the restroom? Trying to discipline myself from urination. <laughs> I mean, there's certain things that are just the human need. Have you had any chicken wings? Chicken wings. <laughs> Not from a strip club. <laughs> Jeez, this guy. <laughs> Finish what you were going to say. Well, here's the point is they have shifts like any, and yeah. again, I respect the pursuit. Right. And as the years go by, you know, I'm listen, I'm not at the clubs like I used to be. I, I tell you, I will say this. I, and again, I'm a pretty, it's funny. I, I, I did a joke a while back. I'm, I was square in Albuquerque because I went down to see Dylan and a cabbie took me and it's like, you got to play those home games, right? So, you know, I certainly am not, I, you know, what's it been? 20, I've been in Vegas 21 years. I don't think you can make it in Vegas with leaks. I mean, that's kind of the, um, classic thing you're here, you will hear is if you've got a leak, it will bust you here. If it's girls, like if you just love the strippers and you're going to spend, you know, thousands a month, if it's drugs and it doesn't have to be drugs, like you're shooting heroin. It can be, you know, a lot of poker players, you know, got all, uh, got all, you know, jacked up, hepped up, whatever you want to call it on, uh, on Adderall and all that stuff. Um, if it's, if it's uh food, I mean, come on, how many guys Fez have you seen, back at that old Tuesday meeting that every year they put on 15 extra pounds, right? 
And then they die when they're 54 or whatever. Yeah, it's like the movie The Firm. It beats the hell out of any actuarial table I've ever seen to see the uh, lifestyles and the mortality. So, so of whatever, your, whatever your your leak is, it's it's going to be it, it here. Or if you're a advantage poker player, you bet sports. If you're an advantage sports player, you play poker or you play this. You know, the famous Phil Ivey line is life would be too easy if I didn't shoot craps. Because for him, he was, you know, he is and was such a talent. So the fact I'm here, you know, the famous James Conn line from the very rarely seen movie, I think it's called The Way of the Gun. Hmm. He said, do you know what you know about an old man? I mean, Conn was probably like 65 at this point. He goes, he's a survivor. So I don't have any big leaks, right? That's how I've stayed 21 years. But every once in a while, Let's say I bet a game, it's a you know, four o'clock start, I win. So, you know, let's say I have a dime on it. And again, I, betting is for me the third thing on my list, right? It's CEO, media, 1A, 1B based on the season, and then betting's third. But if I win that dime, but listen, a dime's a dime. It's not nothing. All right, so you win your dime. And I said, you know, I'm going to go play some cards. So I go down and I'm a Bellagio guy, go to Bellagio. And then I'm and 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 then I like, you know, I'm a weekend Bellagio player, Friday, Saturday. Softer games. You know, you got the weekend guys in town. You got more time. Yeah, yeah. But I do a lot of, you know, not so much. Yeah, maybe. But the key is it's Friday night, Saturday night. <laughs> at 1.30 in the morning on Friday at the Bellagio, is a very different game than eight o'clock P on a Wednesday at the blog. Guy raises at the whole table calls. You just need, you just need the one guy, but you probably could have on some tables three or four. Well, they maybe in the old days, yeah. I don't see that anymore. Do you see that? anymore? I see in the two, five game at three in the morning on the strip. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I hear you. That's a good game though. If you got it. So, now, what I love about the Bellagio is they've got the great Asian play. I mean, I love a lot of things about the Bellagio, but they got the great Asian. I think they just call it noodles, but they got this. I think it's monkfish, but I can't remember the exact fish, but it's this exotic fish. It's like 35 bucks. So they give you, you know, a big hunk of fish, steam rice and some uh, uh, hot sauce. And I like, I, they wheel at table side. Cause you know, come two in the morning when I usually will order this places, maybe a third of the tables are empty. So they wheel at table side. And this is when I'm up. Cause if I'm not up nice, I'm, I'm home already. Mm -hmm. So let's say I'm up and listen, if you're playing, I'm playing mostly two, five these days. So back years, you know, even three, four years ago, it was mostly five, 10, but the games have just gotten so much tougher. So if you're playing even two, five today, I mean, a nice day. If I'm up two dimes, I'm very happy. It's a, you know, it's a really nice day. Um, so let's say I'm up two dimes. I'm eating my fish. Already got my dime in my pocket from the early win. And now, for whatever reason, I call them game breakers. There's certain dealers that will come in and it's late and they're so bad. It drives me batty. I don't care what my EV is. I'm like, it's 2.30 in the morning. I haven't slept since 6.30 a.m. And some shaky dude's coming in that has no desire to, to deal faster. If someone's trying hard to deal fast and they can't deal fast, I can deal with it. But the ones that stare off into space, 
and 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 it's like oh, oh actions on you and then especially the ones that have to count the whole freaking rack before they'll deal the first card right like they um, like, like they're afraid they might be off by be two dollars yeah. even though they're raking four or five dollars per hand yeah and if they're off they're still going to get the floor there anyway it's like i you know to me it will break but then so now i've got my cash from the game i got my two dimes from the poker let's say and now I'm pulling off the, the, the west exit or wait, the north exit. The north valet is what I do at the Bellagio. And literally the, the rhino, which is my personal favorite. I'm not judging those that don't like the rhino. You, you know, I mean, if you don't like the rhino, that's, a, well, you know. But you, there's that turn where I'm turning either right on Flamingo and I'm going to be home in about eight, well, 12 minutes or, you know, east of the strip, or I can turn left and be in the rhino. Pot committed once you've turned left. Oh, well, yeah. I can be in the rhino literally within six minutes. Or like, you go ping, and I can be in. You can go ping, ping, pong over at. Uh, no, you're just changing. This is, yeah. I know how you like to just totally change stories and such. Yes. I'm going to go sit at ping, ping, pong. <laughs> All by myself at the uh, <laughs> Gold Coast. At the Gold Coast, yes, <laughs> that's that's the three choices actually. <laughs> and occasionally, I'll take a left. And let me tell you something: my life's been better for it. But to close the whole story, there is something now. If I do that, I'm out of there in ninety minutes. Because the place is usually clear enough, you're gonna get the you're gonna get your full lap. You're gonna see if there's anything there for your liking, and then you're either gonna engage or you're not gonna engage. You play one last orbit at the poker table, and then you take an orbit at the Rhino. No, more than an orbit. I'm gonna really, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a good look all the way around. Now, couple last thoughts. <laughs> Number one. If you are a exotic dancer and you have a choice to work from 8 a.m. until 4 p. or 4 p. to midnight or 10 p. and again, they don't have just classic rotations. At least that's what I hear. Is but if someone's working, let's say the 10 p. to 8 a. that's a different breed, right? So that's the thing. A lot of people love l- lunchtime at the strip club because you have a, a different breed there. These are the girls that are probably more at the end of the career. They're looking to save. It's more of a conversation. And guys end up, I mean, I know numerous guys. It's like they have like a strip club girlfriend. They'll go there. It's not even about the dances. Have you seen this, Brad? Oh, yeah. Not personally, but I've seen <laughs> People, they're just looking to have conversation. Yeah, but they meet one and then they come in and, you know, maybe they're spending whatever, you know. So actually in Japan, that's a huge culture. They call them hostesses Hmm. is where these guys work so much. They need someone to talk to. Right. But you're getting a different breed that's working that 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 4 a.m. shift. And then finally. If you've ever really felt like you don't know which way, you know how. In Animal House, you have the, you know, the the angel on one shoulder and the the devil on the other. We've all, you know, 
you know, Lawrence for shame, for shame. You know, Joseph Conrad talks about, you know, we've got, we got two sides. There's two sides to all of us. Now a guy like Mackie, his positive side is like 94%. So he's got this little tiny red guy somewhere and he'll pop out now and again, but he's doesn't have much of a voice. Right, Mac? I think that's fair. All right. <laughs> but if he has a chance to squeeze the gazonkers, he's got to go for it. But again, that's the thing with Mac. He's probably, you know, Mac, that guy's only about 6% of the <laughs> equation. Now you've got other guys. It's like, not, it's 6% the other way. Right. Right? <laughs> right. And then most people there's, see, here's the thing. Most people think they're worse than they are. Because they don't know what other people think. So, Fez, there's times you've got your finger, I'm sure, so far up your nose trying to get a booger. And you're, and no one's watching. Right? <laughs> yes. It's another Seinfeld episode. Yeah. This is good. So, but, but you're thinking, oh, my God, I've never seen anyone do this before. Right? And... In general, if you go to like Pornhub or whatever and look and they, they will release stats to say, how much is this or that or this or that? You look at the, the true lineup. It's like, oh my gosh, it's, it's some wild stuff out there. <laughs> but most people aren't talking about that. Like Brad's not like when you guys are walking out after the pod, Brad's not saying, you know, I'm really big into the, the lesbians that are very dominant interracially. Like, that's usually not the conversation, right, Brad? Never the conversation. And again, I'm bringing this up just abstractly, not anything in particular for Brad. And I'm, like, embarrassed to say, like, when Brad and I are walking out, we talk about sports betting and teams. I would say that's 90% of our conversation. So we all know ourselves perfectly, and we all know nobody else, including our wives or partners, even half that much. Right. Thus, we all know our bad selves. And we think we're worse than we really yeah, are. Yeah. Right. That said, there are people that are right near that 50 yard line. They're either good or they're bad. Right. And if you walk out of a strip club and it's bright, and it is bright daylight, it's not the sun is starting to come up, but when you kick that door open and it is bright and people <laughs> are, are heading to work, it's it, it teaches you something about yourself. And now, obviously, Liberty, Mississippi State, we continue. Ken Thompson. Well, Ben Howland still has not let Nick Weatherspoon out of the doghouse. He's still indefinitely suspended. And that hurts a little bit. And the line has dropped big time. Look, Liberty's very efficient. They only turn the ball over 11 times a game. They got a couple of three-point shooters that average 43% from the floor. And they have a guy, Scotty James, RJ, this guy shoots 67.6% from the floor. He's our leading scorer. So very efficient, well-coached team. And I think a lot of people think this game is going to be close. I can't argue, but the line has dropped too much. I don't think there's any value there now. Brad. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'll, I'll lean with Liberty, but, but you've lost a lot of value here. I mean, Liberty for a, a team that's sitting there as a 12 seed has so many good numbers on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they're number 12 in the country as far as field goal percentage goes. Liberty's number seven in the country in free throw percentage. A lot of times when you're looking at a line like this, there might be some fouling or not later. I, that can play a, a critical part. But I, I think if you're looking to bet Liberty now, you're a little late to the party. And then some, I mean, Liberty concerning for me as a very short team, average starter, six foot four, 
and they struggle on the offensive rebounding side, just a lean for me on Liberty. Fez. I'm going to lean to Mississippi State. It's all about the line value that was lost. 11-point dog down to 6.5, and and I took a look at how Liberty did against some of the top conference teams they played. Well, they lost at Vanderbilt by 9. They lost at Georgetown by 9. They lost versus Alabama by 9. Guess what those all have in common? It would have covered playing Liberty plus 11 and would lose playing Liberty plus six and a half. I'll lean Mississippi State. So my professional life is like at a nine. And my personal life is at like a two. <laughs> all right. Next game, St. Louis, Virginia Tech, 10 and a half. It's down to, uh-oh, this is great. Fez likes one side. Brad likes the same side. The question becomes... What is Ken Thompson like? No, uh, Ken Thompson doesn't like it. He leans Virginia Tech. Oh. And here, here's the reason. The reason I'm leaning Virginia Tech is St. Louis. Look, they're ecstatic. They held on. They nearly squandered the game against St. Bonaventure. I mean, they had a six-point lead with 55 seconds to go. They're at the free throw line, a one-and-one one with their best shooter, Bess, 82% from the line. He misses the front end. They foul in the lane, turns the game into a crazy finish to where St. Bonaventure's last shot from the corner was a chance to win it for the Bonnies. Would have been a miracle comeback. St. Louis exhales. Ford gets the, the job done. They win the A-10. So they're happy to be here. I mean, this is a great story for the Billikens. Virginia Tech gets back Justin Robinson, a guy that they played without for a long time, third leading scorer, uh, and, and a guy that can really make a difference. Buzz Williams is the real deal. He's a good, solid coach, and they're going to be motivated throughout Again, it's a low total of 126. So it's always, you kind of look and you don't want to lay double digits. I lean Virginia Tech. I just, if it was under double digits, I'd probably take the Hokies. All right, Faz, you like it. Yeah, Ken mentioned point guard Justin Robinson, Virginia Tech, 17 and three with him, seven and five without him. He's a 41% three point shooter, critical to Vatek. And the St. Louis team, they're awful. Um, I don't know how they won the A10 all in four game run effort. Horrible shooting team, 327th in the league in three-point shooting in RJ. There's 351 teams in the database in terms of free throw shooting. St. Louis is second to worst, 350 out of 351. Somehow this team shoots under 60% from the free throw line. That's not a team I can get behind like Vatek. Also, Brad. Yeah, I like Virginia Tech here. You mentioned the bad numbers St. Louis has as far as shooting the three, shooting free throws. Well, guess what? Those are two areas that Virginia Tech excels in. Virginia Tech number eight in the country in three-point field goal percentage. Virginia Tech, very good hitting the free throws. Top 25 in the country, especially with a, laying a double digit. And St. Louis is following them at the end. Don't mind laying it with Virginia Tech that can hit from the free throw line. St. Louis, to me, can mention it. Happy to be here. A depth-shy team that just played balls to the wall last weekend, four games in four days. Virginia Tech getting there. Guard back. I don't think that's being priced really at all in the marketplace uh, with Robinson coming back. I like the Hokies here minus the 10 and a half. Double like Virginia Tech. Next up is Brad Powers' best bet. It's on Oregon, Wisconsin. But this is a good time to talk about Vivid Seats real quickly. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace. Now, What are we talking about? You want to come here, see Britney Spears. You want to come here, see Lady Gaga. Makes a ton of sense in Vegas. You're in your town, last minute. And that's the thing. It's about flexibility. If you have a family, you got a career. It's not like back in the old days. I remember in 92, 
went up at Brendan Byrne Arena, saw the first six Springsteen shows in the 92 tour. George and I went up there. His buddy or his uncle owned a diner, so we ate free. Oh, did we, you know, we would never order like fish, like uh, cheese sticks, you know, like as an appetizer, like $7 cheese sticks. Oh, we were cheese sticks <laughs> out the wazoo. So Greek diner, we had the co- we had a car borrowed, went to Brennan Burns, scalped every day. I tell you though, there were shows literally at the very end. It was like, huh? It was like, we might not get in this thing. Think you're going all the way to Jersey. You're not going to see the show. The only other option would have been by ahead of time. Well, we could have done that because we were kids, right? We had just graduated college. But if you're an adult or even if you're in college, Am I going to go to this party? Am I going to go to this game? It's that flexibility that makes Vivid Seats as a ticket marketplace so great. But I think it's especially great for the NCAA tournament. Because here's the thing. It might be, what, North Carolina, Kentucky. Yep. That would be in the Elite Eight. Yep. Now, how much do you want to see that game? A lot. I mean, that is one of the games of the year. Yep. Right. It could be. And then the winner of that game could potentially play Duke in the finals. Yep. Imagine that. Now, on the other hand, I think we can imagine some stinkers (laughs) and that's the beauty. The NCAA, which again, it's easy not to like the NCAA. I don't like the NCAA in general. They want you to spend all that money ahead of time. They don't care who, if it's North Carolina, Kentucky or not, spend it so they can eat all their shrimp and all that BS. But with Vivid Seats, especially with the NCAA tournament, you sit back and you see, is this a matchup I want? If so, grab up the best seats at the best prices. And as a friend of the pod, and they have made a commitment, Vivid Seats has, use podcast code RJB. That's RJ Bow, but with a B, just the B, RJB, three letters. And you get 10% off your first purchase with Vivid Seeds. You can go to the App Store, Google Play, download the app, start looking around, no commitment. But remember, use RJB, that gives you that 10% off, and it gives you total flexibility at a time when it matters most. Because I would love to see Kentucky, North Carolina, Brad. Absolutely. Not so much of it as Auburn and Houston in that same regional final. Who could have said it better? Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. He has all the college knowledge. Brad Powers, best bet. I'm going to take the Oregon Ducks plus the one and a half, a team that's completely changed their lineup here and now playing like a top 10 team. Last eight games after the Ducks switched their lineup, they've won by an average of 17 points per game, covered those by 14 points per game, and it's a unique lineup. Four four of their five starters are six foot nine elite defenders. A lot of those guys can handle the ball, just a bad matchup against most teams. In those eight games, we're talking Oregon's playing like the best defense in college basketball this season, allowing 54 points per game. And it's also a play against Wisconsin here. A bad team from the free throw line, number 330 in the country. 
This line says it's going to be close. I don't want Wisconsin if they're not making it from the charity stripe. Also, a Wisconsin team that's terrible when it comes to offensive rebounding. And also, even though Wisconsin's the five seed, Oregon's the 12, this game's played in San Jose. I fully expect Oregon to have the crowd advantage here. Give me the Ducks plus one and a half. They, they win the game outright. Brad Powers, best bet Oregon. Fez on Oregon also. Yeah, I like Oregon as well. You know, the one concern I have is that Wisconsin does travel awfully well, so they will be represented. But I got to give you kudos, Brad. You've been on Oregon throughout the Pac-12 tournament with this lineup change. And Oregon defensively, they've held six of their last eight opponents to 54 or fewer points. Washington State got 61. Arizona State got 67 in regulation. This Oregon team D's it up with the best of them. And every time I watch Wisconsin, they can't score. They can't shoot. They can't even make free throws. So I like Oregon and I like the under 117 and a half. Ken. Well, you know, my wife is from Wisconsin, so I'm going to root for Wisconsin, but I can't disagree with the guys the way Oregon's playing right now. And Dana Altman's a hell of a coach and the region where the game's at gives Oregon a major advantage, but I'm going to be rooting for Wisconsin. I think they have a chance to win because Oregon, again, yeah, they're beating all these teams, but we're talking out of one of the worst conferences, Power 5 in a long time. Pac-12 is absolutely horrendous this year. And, you know, you saw a Washington team, the number one seed, an underdog in the championship game to this Oregon team. So, yes, Oregon's playing well. The end of the day, Wisconsin, they don't shoot it well from the free throw line, but they are disciplined. It's a team that's hung with teams like Michigan State down to the wire. And they've got Ethan Happ, one of the best big men who can also handle the ball real well down low. Now, his Achilles heel, he can't shoot free throws. Had this guy been about 75%, Wisconsin would have won about five more games because he gets hacked down low in the paint. He can do everything but shoot free throws. You would have thought during the offseason he would have worked on that. He has not. He has actually declined from last year to this year. And so I'll stay away. I'll just root for Wisconsin with the wife, but can't disagree with Brad's best bet. Okay. Next up, we've got a triple like. And one of the likers, A.J. Hoffman makes an appearance. It's a quadruple. Oh. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm on UC Irvine. I don't know what those It are. could be that or it could be a battle. We'll be back after one commercial break. Oh, got a new advertiser here. You know, I've never day traded before. This is called simpletodaytrade.com. You work long hours. What's the goal? Provide a good life for your family. Every dollar you earn matters. This is a chance to make extra money without sacrificing too much time that you get to spend with the family. So simpletotrade.com uses unique and proprietary software and provides one-on-one training programs which teach you how to navigate the futures, commodities, markets, and successfully make trades. And the best part is that you do this by using their funds. It's the perfect situation for extra money, maybe even a new career. Visit simpletotrade.com. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family. And best of all, do it for your financial freedom. You know me, guys. Making money isn't easy. And if you're talking about easy money, that's probably a bad thing. That's not what these guys are doing. It sounds like they're saying they've got a system they think there's something to be money to be made. And it sounds like something at least worth checking out if you've ever been tempted to day trade. So you go to simple2daytrade.com and enjoy a special offer first month for only $10. That's simple2daytrade.com and receive a special offer first month only $10. 
simpletodaytrade.com for a life free of financial stress if it works out. Remember, I'm always going to tell you the way it is. This is one to check out. They're spending the money to try to get the exposure. But like you guys know, there is no easy money. So look at it with a critical eye, but it's certainly worth a look. Simpletodaytrade.com. And our old friend, a true car, 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. You know what else you can do in about a minute? Get an offer for your car with True Car. That's right. The amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, or just listen to my voice, you can get a True Cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or home. Just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate True Cash offer from a local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in. They'll check it out with you together. You can ask questions and get the answers you need so there's no surprises. Then simply leave with your check or trade in your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. Wowza. Wowza. Not only do we have like, 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 this ends up being Ken Thompson's best bet. By the way, Fez, did you have a best bet today? This is it as well. Why, why isn't it written down? It should have been. So you're just making up best bets so they agree with other people so you don't nope, have to bet nope. against you them? You can tell by my notes this is my best bet. Except it says like Cal Irvine. If I could tell by your notes, it would say best bet. It's Cal my Irvine. best bet. <laughs> He's running scared, isn't he, Brad? A little bit. You know, this reminds me of a rare, this is actually an outtake from The Godfather. So it's not even in The Godfather, but it's in one of the outtake reels. The sound production isn't great, but it kind of makes me think of Fezzik. So we'll play it real quick before he does his fake best bet. But won't they take that as a sign of weakness? It is a sign of weakness. (laughs) Won't they take that as a sign of weakness? It is a sign of weakness. All right, Fez, with your fake best bet, you can go first. All right, I like Irvine here. Obviously, K-State's not nearly the team without their forward Dean Wade, who's not 100%. He's questionable. 13 points, six rebounds, three assists. But... Not only do I not like K-State, but I really like Irvine. Irvine's a team the pros have consistently been, been betting on game after game. What did they do in their conference tournament? Well, they won by 19, they won by 8, and they won by 26. Well, what's this 8-point win? Shouldn't that be a little red flag? Well, Irvine had a horrible shooting night from 3. They only hit 2 of 12. This is a team that's won 16 straight games. They've stayed under the radar because they've missed some covers along the way. A team, a bet on team against a bet against team like Irvine plus five. I think they're going to win the game outright. So this line opened nine. It's four and a half. I mean, it just seems insane. It just seems insane. It's like, that's where the value is. I mean, this is to all you guys. I think they're going to win the game. 
I can make your case. All right. First off, here in town, I see five everywhere. So I'll take the five before the four and a half. Well, obviously, there's four, four and a halves. There's five. I mean, the, we got a we have a current line it, at pregame of four and a half that was published a couple hours ago. Maybe it's five, but still nine to five, nine to four and a half. Huge move. Yeah, right? no doubt, no doubt. And I, and I worked in this conference before the Big West, and I've seen many times where the top team flounders in the conference tournament. And like Fez said, they destroy teams, including Cal State Fullerton, in the final by twenty six. That game was over fifteen minutes into the game. Russell Turner is a heck of a coach, and he's got a good, solid young team. Max Hazard is the grandson of the great Walt Hazard from UCLA. This is their leading scorer. Colin Velp, who is the third leading scorer, is a freshman. That is Christian Velp's son, the leading scorer all time at University of Washington. Those two guys make the future bright for the Anteaters. Not only did they win the Big West this year, they're probably going to win the Big West for the next couple years. This team is loaded. They're real, and they're good enough to win a couple games and get to the Sweet 16. And how do you think about the line move? It's gone the right way. I mean, it's definitely gone Obviously, the right way. but I'm saying we're giving this bet out. I, I think UC Irvine wins the game. And I and I had Wyatt Thompson, the voice of Kansas so State, how on did my that show line open night. at nine? It really didn't. I'm checking everything. Book, right, so, pinnacle, so, five and a half. So, so let's give credit where credit's due. South Point did a lot of openers. What did South Point have? Five and a half. So South Point opened five and a half. Yep. So bet online must have had nine and... What did Bet Online have? It's Bet Online and SportsBetting.com or whatever, those two. Well, I know Bet Online was, was most of the world openers here. Six. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'll go. How's this sound? Brad, you've got your handicap. I'm going to go into the system and see where that nine's coming from. Okay. Uh, I like UC Irvine. A couple of, were you still in your handicap, KT? No, no, I'm good. All I mean, right. I'm all over Irvine, not only to win this game, but a good chance to get to the Sweet 16, win two games. Yeah, a couple of analytics points that really, you know, go in Irvine's favor here. I mean, Irvine, for a team that's sitting here as a 13 seed, incredible on the defensive side of the ball. Number five in the country as far as effective field goal percentage. How well you defend not only the two, but the three. Irvine's a really deep team. So they're going to throw waves of players against a depth-shy Kansas State team. Irvine's number seven in the country in bench minutes. What does that mean? Their bench, as far as percentage of bench to overall minutes in the game, they're a very deep team. Irvine, on top of that, Kansas State, right around this line here, you know, four and a half. Hold on a second, Brad. One of the things we're striving for is whenever we give a fact, we explain why it matters. So to me... A deep team in the first round of the tournament is actually a negative because the whole season they benefited from being deep in spots where depth matters. But in the first game, now the second game of the week, I think depth matters more. So why is that something that obviously you'd rather be deep than not? But I'm saying, does it really apply in game one in a way that maybe the adjustment cause of the benefit from it during the season is greater than what it really means mm. in this game. That's a good point. I, I get it. That wouldn't matter as much as game two of the weekend. How do you think about depth? And yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. It makes sense that the, if, if you're really deep, that should be the second game where it really shows not the game you've had. Oh, everyone's had a week off. Now people was listening and saying, well, yeah, but would you rather not be deep? But it's like the power rating, the numbers being driven by spots at Irvine's depth helped them where maybe in this spot it doesn't help them as much. And it certainly helped Irvine crush a lot of those teams in the conference tournament because they were so deep. 
And, and, and to me, that's an interest, you know, that's an interesting system. Now, again, there'd be some subjectivity to it, but finding the deepest teams in the country that performed well in conference tournaments and look to fade mm. them the first game. Cause the theory is that the thing that made them look so good doesn't really apply as much on Thursday or Friday. And Florida state comes to mind, really deep team performed well, getting into the ACC championship game. And the market is fading Florida state in that first round game against Vermont. Mm. RJ, one other thing, the games in San Jose, California, who would think that a 13 seed is going to actually have a geographical advantage over a number four seed. Kansas state travels really well, but again, Irvine, it's easy. Just go right up the coast. So they're going to have a good fan base there. And I got to tell you, RJ, the one thing I love when I'm betting, when I look at a schedule is I see on the left-hand side, there's a team that the pros consistently have been betting on. They like this team. They think it's undervalued. That's UCI, Irvine. And then I see them playing a team that the pros have been betting against consistently like at Kansas State. So it's a natural, oh, the professional bettors like one team. They think they're undervalued and they think the other team is overvalued. That is typically a bet I want to make. So bet online opened at 335 at nine. They moved to eight and a half at 335. So almost immediately. Five dimes opened at 337 at eight and a half. Bet online went to seven and a half. All right. So let's see who other than Caesars came in at five and a half at 413. So there's about 40 minutes where bet online and five dimes were up in that all the way in the nine, eight, seven, six, five range. So obviously low limits, obviously I'd make the case that you could say, Hey, what's the bookmaker open, which was five and a half. I, what I'm going to do is withdraw all the, Oh, what about the nine? Right. All that said, you know, and that's the thing, a new feature just to give you guys a little hint is we're going to let you decide. Do you want the world opener on your app? And, um, or do you want to pick a specific book that you want to be your opener? And then you're going to be able to toggle actually between the two closing thoughts on this. All right. So let's think about it. We talked about our bracket. We talked about Thursday show. What a bloodbath for Fezzik. I mean, I don't like talking about other people's manhood or lack thereof, but it was a tough one. Now (laughs) we talked about the hard rock. At RJ in Vegas. Next week. So what do we do next week? It's going to be Sweet 16. Yeah, we'll have Sweet 16. Don't forget, you got AJ on this game, too. He oh, likes Irvine as well. Let's do that. Now, think if I, we missed anything else, and then we'll go. Here's AJ with number four. Number four. Mackie coming strong with the producing today. Wonder if he's on Adderall. He's only up against a guy named Sleepy. (laughs) Well, Sleepy was a Marine, though. So you got to take that seriously. He is a Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Even more making my case. A.J. Hoffman. UC Irvine and Kansas State. I am big on UC Irvine plus five and a half. If you missed Irvine this season, you missed a Gonzaga-esque dominance over the Big West. They make their hay on the defensive side of the ball, particularly inside. They are the best team in the country at defending two-point shots, 40%. And, okay, so Kansas State will just shoot threes all day, right? No. Irvine's top 15 nationally in opponent three-point attempt rates as well. 
the Wildcats unlikely to have Dean Wade, who's been in a walking boot this week. And if they do, it's hard to imagine him being at his best. He's going to be missed on the defensive end where he, where the Wildcats are already lacking in size, but he's also Kansas State's best three-point shooter, best free-throw shooter. These are two excellent defensive teams, but I, I think the Anteaters have a clear edge in this one. UC Irvine plus five and a half. Any last thoughts? Just want to get one other thing. Xavier Sneed, one of their other starters for Kansas State right now, he's got the flu. So, again, probably be able to go by Friday, but at the end of the day, every advantage is an advantage. So keep an eye on that as well. Okay, so live podcast from the Hard Rock will be released, edited, so we won't have it all in there. We're going to edit some stuff out, but a nice chunk of it will be in the feed. So make sure you're subscribed. And then next week, let's go Monday night taping. Tuesday AM release for the Sweet 16. Sound good, Brad? Sounds good to me. All right. Enjoy the tournament, guys. Remember, don't miss that Thursday pod. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.